Well, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to Just Think, the podcast. This is Holly. And Amy. And Kristen. And you are joining us today for, I believe, what is this, guys? Episode six, our official sixth episode. Yeah. We're doing it. We're, doing <laughs> it. We're really We're doing it. We're still doing it. We're still, <laughs> doing it. We're still here. <laughs> and if you think that you guys think that we have had a lot to talk about so far, man, we feel overwhelmed at the number of topics that we could actually bring to you and have discussions around. And today we thought we would let you in to get to know us a little better personally. Maybe you'll come to better understand why we are so passionate about really championing and challenging everyone's right, their freedom, and honestly, their responsibility to think for themselves to ask questions, to question the common narratives, to say, I don't know if I believe that, or I don't know if I agree with that, and feel that you have the freedom to say that. In America, the freedom of speech has always been so hugely important. And we have felt, especially in recent years, a growing opposition to that freedom. And so this podcast exists for us to have open conversations about whatever we want. (laughs) (laughs) And we're inviting you into those conversations. And we don't want to tell you what to think. We're just going to challenge you to try it with us. Think with us. Ask yourself, does this make sense? Does this puzzle fit? Is what I'm being told true? We're not trying to turn you into doubters of everything to make sure that you trust no one. No, that's, that's not our goal. And we certainly don't want to promote fear in anyone. We're big believers that fear is not what you need to be living in. You need to just be informed. And so today we're going to talk about health. We're going to talk about our own health. We're going to share our own health journeys. And so if you're listening in today, if you've ever had a health condition of any kind, and you've ever struggled to get answers and honestly struggled to heal, if you feel that you are trapped in one method of treatment for the rest of your life, we hope that what we're going to share with you today is going to empower you with some knowledge to seek the answers for yourself and to become your own best advocate when it comes to making choices for your health, your family's health, your children's health. And so with that, We're going to share our stories. We're going to kick it off with Kristen today. Kristen is our resident nurse. (laughs) (laughs) She's been an ER nurse. She was an ER nurse for over 17 years. A wealth of experience and knowledge. And this girl knows how to fact check the fact checkers. We love it about her, and she really understands a lot more about the biology of some things we're going to be talking about today, but she has her own personal story. And so, Kristen, why don't you let us know and share with the world kind of what you've gone through in your own health journey and how you've become truly what I would say is a perfect specimen of health. (laughs) I don't, I would not call me a perfect specimen of knowledge, but I have had all kinds of issues my whole life. And I think that honestly is what has led me to where I am right now, because you just kind of like, it's like trial and error, what's going on. And it's also like what, how you're how you are raised, how we've talked about this before, the way you think, the way you fix, quote, fix things, you know, or the way you see health, wellness, disease, anything like that. If y'all remember, if you'd listened to, I don't know which one we were talking about um, on the podcast when I said, you know, my family was the one. Now my dad, he didn't want to take anything, but my mom, she was the quick fix. I mean, I was popping Advil for a headache in sixth grade, you know, (laughs) And I mean, just like at school, I just have a pill bottle with me, just Advil, you know, it's not like it's like crazy pills, but I also grew up with strep throat. So I grew up in the doctor's office, like all the time. I mean, I would get it like five times a year, you know? So it was like Advil for migraine, antibiotic for strep throat. I mean, that's all I had for a while, but I also had a lot of stomach issues, probably from now. Just think (laughs) now looking back, hmm, I wonder Wonder where that was from. Advil and antibiotics. Explain this. And yes, Amy said it, antibiotics, okay, which yeah. we're very grateful that antibiotics exist. But what is the trade-off with antibiotics, girls? It also kills the good bacteria. So it's killing the bad bacteria that's causing that infection, but it's also killing the good bacteria. So it's like light bulb moment later, not, I mean, you know, not then, but I had all these bouts of, they called it irritable bowel syndrome, but they tested it, y'all. No lie, I would go from cycles of seven days without shitting. I swear, I thought my eyeballs were turning brown and they are not brown. And I would be so bloated as Amy's mama taught me that word, bloated. But I would feel, can you imagine being so full of shit? Literally. And then 
I would take something because they would try to tell me to take something. I mean, it, there was like, I, I can't even tell you how many things I, I tried to take. Then it would be a daggum explosion. So then I'm like, oh, feel so much better. But then you get on that cycle again, you know, <laughs> then I wouldn't feel good. And I would take like, you know, I, I was full of all kinds of bad foods, I'm sure. But also my, my gut was all jacked up. So then what age was this Kristen? So you had had the strep throat chronically almost as a child. I what mean, did I didn't, I got my tonsils taken out at 21. So I continued oh. to have them and it, and it turned into like sinus infections. I had those cryptic tonsils where it would just like, you know, kind of sit in there. So doesn't that sound awesome? Yes. Yum. They're gone now. So I'm good. Who wants but, lunch? <laughs> anybody hungry? Um, see, and a nurse can talk about these things. So just excuse me. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the whole stomach thing really, truly was my whole, it was like my whole life. It was, I, I don't remember not having stomach issues. I mean, as I would say at least middle school, high school and, and beyond. Um, but so I digress. So then I get into the, you know, they tested me for celiac. They tested me for lactose intolerance. You know, I was, I started like, I was eating healthy. I was, this, I was exercising. I was working out. I was doing all the things. And my dad was like, you need just a greasy cheeseburger, you know, for, for me to poop, but that, that wasn't working either. So then fast forward to like 15, I was also one of those late bloomers. And they said that I needed to get on the pill at 15. Cause I had not started my period. Um, and so I got on the pill and guess what happened after that? I started getting menstrual induced migraines. Okay. Well, I didn't realize it was menstrual induced until like several months later. I mean, it was like uh, for an entire day or two, at least. Uh, and, and then they started realizing this is the week before your period, you know, so it was menstrual induced migraines. So, but I was on the pill and they, every time I went, they said, no, you want to be on, they wanted me to be on, wanted me to have periods. I was on it until I got married um, because, and it wasn't because I was having sex. I can promise you, I was not, I did it for the period. How dumb is that? That's dumb. I'm anyway, I mean, look, maybe they do recommend that right now, but it's crazy because then I started getting the menstrual induced. It was almost you know, the actual migraines. And were, I'm just piecing all this together like now, recently. Right. Well, a lot of times that's all of this together. It, right. Is it's hindsight. You look back and you go, oh, which my story is very similar, right? Where you start to go, oh, that caused, that probably caused this, which caused this, which caused this. So basically what you're finding is you're treating one thing, Kristen, only to have something different entirely to treat that is potentially, and of course, you know, we can't prove all of this, but certainly there are indicators that say many of the ways that we can treat certain conditions can then lead to having to treat others. Oh yeah, absolutely. So again, get this, here's something else. I mean, I was jacked up my whole life. You start talking about this. <laughs> then I was also a, I was also a bedwetter. Okay. So I was a bedwetter till I was like, 12. I mean, it wasn't all the time, but it was very fre frequent enough where this is why I'm a night owl. I didn't want to go to bed. I didn't want to go to sleep, especially at sleepovers because of that. Of course, they tried me on all these different meds, experimental meds, all kinds of, had no idea what the hell it took. Okay. No idea right now at this point, you know? So then I go to nursing school. I'm also, you know, type A, I stay up late stressing to study. I get up early to study for a test or whatever. Then I get out and I go to night shift working. Isn't that good for your body? So, oh my gosh. She took all that into a night shift job. All that. Yeah, but you know what? New nurses, that's what you get. The, you get the shit shifts, you know? And I also, there's better pay. And I was already a night out. We have more energy. You know, those youngins getting out of school, they've got the energy. They can stay up all night, sure. you know? So then in the mean, with all of this, I've always been into health, eating foods I thought were healthy. So that's another whole thing. You know, remember like the low fat, fat-free diets, you know, you can eat, like, I remember one of my friends eating like an entire box of cereal, but it was fat-free. It was skin yes. milk. So yes. she thought it was healthy. You know, oh my like, gosh. Yes, I remember the, the day. thinking was... Oh, well, it's like that, but all that stuff had sugar, you know? And so you start realizing all of these things, but I'm still healthy. I'm still exercising. I'm doing like Tabo and I'm, I cheered in college. I ran, you know, all the things, but I, I moved to Wilmington on the dance team. Uh, we were on a semi-professional soccer, a dance team. That's how I met Amy. That could be another fun story. Um, <laughs> and I got in a car accident. Okay. And it wasn't like a 
flip the car, whatever, but it was a four car pile up. It jacked my, my neck and back up so bad that I couldn't do my normal activities. And I was really upset. I didn't go to the hospital or anything like that. I was like, I don't, I know nothing's broken, but of course the first thing they do, they give you medicine. I said, I want to go to physical therapy. I want to fix the issue. I at least knew enough that I'm like, I need to go to the source. Um, but I couldn't exercise. And that is when a friend of mine, one of my great friends, Chelsea, she is the one who recommended yoga to me. And at that point, my preconceived notion of yoga, which probably is what I need. I just thought it was just oming in a room or being like bored and just sitting with my thoughts, which I didn't need to do. I thought it was just like something boring. Did not realize how amazing it would be. And that changed my life. That changed my life that car accident and not because they, uh, they give me a muscle relaxer and stuff like that and all it did was just it made me feel weird it didn't help my pain nothing was getting better and I was almost getting like depressed like it, it's it's depressing when you don't feel well yeah. I mean and and well, look y'all were even talking about this right before we hopped on Holly's neck's jacked up my hip has been jacked up for two years now you know I'm constantly trying to do things to get better Amy's neck was jacked up all week still and is it's all you can think about still is. when you're not at your normal you know state of mind yeah and so, so, so to kind of recap you guys Kristen is a nurse went to the University of North Carolina got her um, BS in in nursing mm -hmm. And she, of course, is pro-Western medicine. She is living, making a living out of Western medicine. She is taking the prescribed medications. She's doing the things, but something in her is saying, get to the root of the problem. Yeah. And it was through yoga and stretching your body and, 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 and doing the breathing and the things that yoga has such great benefits for, which we all would have said, all three of us are probably... Like we probably never saw us doing yoga, ourselves doing yoga at one point in our lives. That sounded right. super boring, right? But now understanding that there were benefits you were getting from yoga. And what were those things, Kristen? Well, see, there's another thinking where people thought, I thought that I had to um, be pounding around, jumping around, like, you know, doing all that just to, you know, be healthy. But I have been in the best shape of, of my entire life just from starting from yoga you know and I also learned a lot I, I ended up getting my yoga teacher training I learned a lot about that's when I first started hearing about having an alkaline body you want to be alkaline like I started opening my mind to that and then when you talk about being a nurse one thing that always was hard for me was that I'm, I started out in med surge my first uh, two years and then I went to the emergency room and it's you just see how much everybody just wants a quick fix and I wanted to educate everybody. Like my whole passion is health and like wellness and nutrition and stuff. But you, it is so hard to really get that through everybody. And it was really hard for me that everybody who came in, y'all, we were giving people not, I mean, I had to, because the doctor would prescribe it. Now it was only certain ones, but they'd give freaking Percocet for a sunburn or Percocet for a star in, in an eye, you know? And I'm like, what, what? I mean, my dad would be like, suck it up, buttercup. You are going to be fine. Like, so for the audience who may not know what Percocet is, Percocet is a powerful um, painkiller. Powerful. Mm -hmm. Like for people who are like suffering from like stage four cancer or something, right? Like it's Percocets are not, or, or post-surgery, they're not for a sunburn. Is what right, right. It is not for a sunburn. I mean, so what I'm saying is like people just go and then they expect it, you know, and that, and it was really hard because yes, that's my job. But it was really going against everything I believed in, you know, like I really wanted to be more like health and wellness and sports medicine. I mean, you know, all this stuff. So then let's fast forward and I'll try, I'll try not try to keep this short and sweet. Then um, my husband and I, we, you know, we got married and we wanted to have kids and I ended up with fertility issues. Shocker. I'd been on the pill since I was 15. Who knows what my body knew what to do. If my body even knew what to do on its own. And um, I ended up doing um, I did not want to get on medicine. They did give me Provera. I did have, I did not have a period for a whole year after getting off the pill. They did give me Provera. I had one period, but ne never anything on my own after that. I did not want to get to Clomid. And I remember Amy had done acupuncture. Y'all, for those of you who don't, don't believe, or you think it's a placebo effect or whatever, I did acupuncture and I immediately, now it was herbs and acupuncture. Okay. So they gave me, we said it looked like dirt. It looked, we called it fertilizer because it looked like dirt and I had to drink it like three times a day, but they cater it to each specific person. And I felt the best I'd ever felt, but I got my period 28 to 30 day cycles on the clock. 
had never had a period on my own, was on no medicine. And, and it had been over a year without being on the pill that I had done that. So, I mean, you can't make it, I, you know, you can make something, you can have like that placebo effect of like pain and stuff, but to have your period come on, I, you know, you can't make that happen. So um, that really helped me. And then I got pregnant. I got pregnant with Riley. And guess what? I did the same thing with each other, with my second kid and my third kid. And I didn't even try it first with each one of them because I thought, oh, now that I can have a baby, hopefully it'll be easy. Like it usually is for everybody else, but it wasn't. So that's why all my kids are three years apart. And I actually had wanted them to be two years apart and it didn't happen that way because we can't plan that shiitake anyway. So, um, so then, you were able to get pregnant through, so basically you learn yoga, which teaches you that opened your mind to some more Eastern yeah. medicine type of, of mm -hmm. approaches to your health, which then led you to an acupuncturist because Amy had seen one and you had heard that they could help sometimes with infertility. That, that seems to be the case for you, Kristen, because you yeah. never could do it on your own, but you could certainly do it with acupuncture. Right. Right. And then when were it you done? Well, when I got Hashimoto's. Yeah. I, I was going to say so come after the babies. After Riley, after my daughter, and it was she was about a year and a half after, and I thought I was going crazy. I remember telling my husband, I was like, I'm either going crazy, or I said something's wrong, or something's wrong. You know, like either something's wrong mentally, or something's wrong physically, chemically in my body, but something is wrong. And my doctor kept saying there was nothing that was showing up. Well, I ended up going to a holistic nurse practitioner that did a crap load of it, stuff I'd never even seen. And she showed everything to me. So it's not like she's just saying and giving me BS. And I had the antibodies for Hashimoto's. And it may, it does make sense because if they don't test that, but they only look at your, you know, your thyroid levels, but they don't look at that, then they may, they may miss it. And so that is what happened. She did try to, she educated me a lot on holistic, natural things and approaches, got on a lot of stuff, but I ended up having to get on some medicine. Um, it was like a more of a natural thyroid medicine, but it was still a prescription, but she kept telling me go gluten-free. Finally, I went gluten-free totally after um, my second son and with, or with Knox, actually was it third because I was trying to half-ass gluten-free, but then I realized you've got to go all in with autoimmune. And y'all, I've never felt better. I poop every day now. Holla, holla. Yay. I do not get migraines. So those are the side, those are like the good side effects of this. But not only that, obviously, my thyroid levels have been normal. I don't take any medicine. And I had nodules on my throat. That's why I sound like this, probably. Um, that and cheering and all that stuff and just being loud. But um, I've never smoked a cigarette, even though it sounds like it. But um, everything's fine. And I'm not taking any medicine for it. I mean, so it just shows you that you can, you know, just get to the root cause and yep. we are what we eat. We are what we put into our bodies and into our minds. And I'm not saying what I've done is going to help everybody because every single body is different. But I think what's so important, even when we talk about diets and all this stuff, you know, there's vegetarian, carnivore, bone broth, there's keto and paleo and all the things and gluten-free, but you have to take everything in. It's like being a new mom and everybody's giving you all this advice. But I, I encourage everybody to take all the advice, listen to all that and tweak it to work for you. What works for you may not work for somebody else, just like that's parenting, it. just like relationships, right? So yeah. That's right. And Go I ahead. think this is what this is the takeaway that all three of us will say as you as you hear Amy's um, experience and mine is be your own advocate and what works for you is what works for you. And the only way you're gonna find these things out. The way that you're going to find the diet that helps you look and feel your best, the way that you're going to find the um, the approaches or the or the things that are going to help you live in the best health you can possibly live in is by you trying different things and really doing your own searching and researching. And listen, we're not here to discount Western medicine. It has saved many people's lives. It certainly mm -hmm. it saved my father's life. It saved my life. Um, we are not discounting that. We also know that, you know, hey, you're, you're, a Google search is not going to replace years and years of medical school. But on the flip side, what we also want to say is just because you have a medical degree does not make you the God of the person that you're treating. Exactly. You, everybody's body is different. And um, my, our best advice to you guys is find yourself a doctor who operates in both worlds. For me, that was the game changer. When I found a MD who also practiced holistic medicine. Yes. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. ah, 
you know, they're like, they, they, yeah. the heavens opened. Um, and she would tell me a lot of what I'm going to tell you, I did not learn in medical school, but she right. brought the marriage of both. And I think I don't want anyone to walk away from this saying, you know, we are telling you not to trust doctors or believe doctors. What we're telling you is you shouldn't trust anyone completely. You've got to use that gut, no pun intended, that thing inside of you that asks, does this make sense? Does this, you know, am I at peace with this? And, and all three of us will tell you, and along our journeys, there were moments where something just felt like we needed to look elsewhere. And that's how we found our way to optimal health. So Amy, tell us your experience. Ooh, well, I don't know how I'm going to follow up all that. Oh, yes, I, you do. My, she is the one who started all my this. Info is, uh, my info is, my story is not as exciting as that one, even though <laughs> I'm glad I, that is I don't have an exciting story. I just mean, you know, you had a lot, a lot of things. Um, no, I just feel like for me personally, I've never had like any major health issues, but I think since I was little and even just being in school or whatever, I've always been attracted to um, health. It was always my favorite subject in school. Um, sports medicine was my favorite in high mm -hmm. school. Like I just, I loved learning about the body and about health and it's become even more apparent as I've gotten older because I am just the type of person where I guess really I do have a love of learning, especially when it comes to health, wellness, and, and nutrition and just how the body works. And I think I get that from my mom too. My mom was um, growing up, she taught aerobics and uh, weight, weightlifting and weight training um, at the community college in Charlotte. So I grew up going to work with her. Um, I'd be in the back on the on the bar, you know, the ballet bar, like doing flips and she's up there, you know, doing her little exercises and step, step aerobics classes and everything. But <laughs> she was always very into health and fitness and, and nutrition and everything as well. So got that from her. Um, but really, I think in my adult years, like post college is when I really have taken more of like a, and maybe even just like before kid, right before kids, or especially since having kids is when I've really just kind of taken, you know, a deep dive into really just loving to learn as much as I can about um, just how our bodies work and how they function and all that stuff. Um, I didn't grow up, you know, I, I grew up drinking Coca-Cola was my main beverage of choice. Yep. Um, when I was in college, it was fast food all day, every day. I mean, all the things. So I was not, um, you know, in that, in this world that I am now back then, but, you know, we learn, we grow, and thank goodness that that I we did. A smattering of fries. Oh yeah, we go to Arby's. Arby's. Oh, those market fresh like, sandwiches. Can you just a smattering of fries those in there. Curly fries. Oh, they're so good. But then you feel like crap afterwards. <laughs> but um, so good. But no, but but when I was twenty, one pivotal moment I guess in my life uh, was when I was twenty-one. My aunt died of pancreatic cancer at the age of forty-four, and I'm forty-two right now. So that has that changed me forever um, because in my eyes, she was, well, she was young, healthy. Um, and I'm like, why did that happen? You know, what, what made that happen? Was it, is it genetics? Is it, was it lifestyle? I don't know. Like, and I always in the back of my mind, I'm like terrified that what if that's my fate, you know? So I, um, the health and wellness became even more important to me then. Um, and just as an adult, after that happened, getting married, um, I actually also got off the pill about a year, maybe a year after we got married and I was not having periods either. So I ended up going to acupuncture and um, within three months I was pregnant. So that, that was really like very eye-opening for me. And I was like, oh, and I think that's when I told Kristen, we'll try acupuncture, you know, when she was going through what she was going through. Um, but that was my very first experience myself with like an Eastern medicine type situation and it worked. So I thought it was really cool. And I learned a lot about, you know, the body, like your body has heat. You need, like she said, you know, you need to eat these warm foods. Some people need yes, to eat cold foods, you know, there's like all these things. And I would take that knowledge and then I would kind of like go home and try to learn more about it on my own. Um, but, you know, but didn't you even know about acupuncture because Chad had had it for his right. neck. And Chad had um, a herniated disc in his neck and he had been going to acupuncture and it really, completely healed his neck, which is crazy. Like he would have numbness from his shoulder down to his fingertips all the time. He just learned to live with it. Um, and acupuncture helped him. So I said, well, I'll check it out for fertility and it helped us as well. Um, so the next really pivotal moment for me was, 
Um, well, actually there were two. I had a um, really, really important family member to me um, get diagnosed with severe anxiety and depression, really just clinical depression. Um, and I was just so shocked and so hurt and so just upset. And I wanted to know why, 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 you know, and I saw the process that this family member went through to try new medications, you know, I guess with antidepressants, a lot of times it's like a trial and error. And so when you get on an antidepressant, you're kind of like ramping up for however many weeks and it, it can either go well or it can go horribly wrong. So I watched this person that I love so much struggle um, with meds going horribly wrong. You know, you would hope that things are getting better and then all of a sudden they're feeling even worse. They're, you know, just, and so then you'd have to taper off that, wait a little bit, try another one. Is this one going to be good or bad? And then it would be worse. And then you have to taper off that. So I was like, what else can we do here? Like, what else can we do here in the meantime? Let's look at other, other things, other reasons why. Like, so I started, um, that sent me on the deep dive, you know, I love learning. So I'm alternative, alternative ways to, you know, heal yourself from depression. So I'm, <clears> I'm reading all into that. You know, I learned about the supplements like 5-HTP and just theanine. probiotics, theanine, ashwagandha, um, holy basil, yeah. you know, all these things. And of course, as I'm reading about these things and, and how wonderful they are, I start taking them myself. So I'm like researching for other people, but then I'm like, well, let me see how this works for me. And um, because it, also she had a kid. Yeah. <laughs> So that yeah. her first kid. Yeah. So she's like, what can I do? <laughs> Stressed out mamas. Um, so, so that really um, affected me and kind of had me looking at alternatives to just the band-aid approach of medicine, because I saw, like you said before, Holly, like, you know, you, you try to fix one thing and then it sends something else spiraling out of control. And then you try to fix that. And then it sends something. It's just like this, this thing where if you and can find the root the side cause, effects. you're treating the side effects right. of that drug. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so that was, that was kind of difficult, um, and, and a pivotal moment for me. And then probably my most significant, um, life changes, my husband, Chad got really sick. Um, he had diverticulitis and he also just ignored his symptoms. He ignored his health because he thought maybe if he could just live with it, it would just go away. You know, like if his stomach hurt when he ate, or if he, um, didn't feel good or if he was tired. I mean, he used to nap all the time. He, no, can you think of him? Napping? No, no. Well, I think he just yeah. slept it all away and he yeah, does not need it now. Right. He does not <laughs> nap anymore. Woo, we have gone 180, 180. But anyway, um, he, I remember getting a phone call. Um, I was home in Charlotte with my family for Christmas and he said, I'm, I'm heading to the ER. He was like, something's really, really wrong. My stomach hurts really bad. Well, he gets there and his colon had a perforated colon. So basically had a hole in his, you know, hit a burst, the diverticulitis, whatever. Mm. So I was um, eight or nine months pregnant during this time. And it was really tough. Um, he was in the hospital for a long time. And instead of doing surgery right away, because they didn't want to do surgery on what they called an angry colon, I guess maybe there's more of a risk of having like a ostomy bag or something because they can't reconnect it if it's really inflamed and angry so they thought let's let it just like calm down for a little while and maybe it'll just heal on its own all that but in the meantime they had him on antibiotics like you wouldn't believe like which I know that he had an infection he needed antibiotics but it was prolonged antibiotic intravenous antibiotic like we're talking weeks of that um and it didn't heal, it didn't get better. And so they ended up having to do the surgery anyway. Um, his gut was destroyed, obviously. Um, so then of course I needed to learn and I even talked to the infectious, infectious disease you know, doctor about the gut health and stuff. And she was saying how, you know, look at things that are fermented foods like the kimchi and the sauerkraut. And so she kind of like actually steered me in that direction. So I started trying to learn more about, about gut health. Um, after that also, he um, then after like a year later, he was back in the hospital um, because he was having severe liver issues, which, you know, who knows what it's from. It could be like the lifestyle that he had before with like the partying and college and stuff like that. Could be um, that he was taking Advil for so long for the pain from his diverticulitis. It could be that he was flooded and inundated with so many drugs and antibiotics that it just messed his liver up. So um, we went to the hospital for that. He came out and he can never take Advil or drink alcohol ever again. So that was like such a huge eye-opening uh, moment for him and for me 
that our lifestyle or his lifestyle specifically, but also mine had to drastically change. Now, there are a lot of people in this world that I know could not do that, but he is a very determined person and I've seen him basically um, change his entire life. But before we go into that, he had one more thing happen, which was crazy. So then I don't know how many, how long ago after, I don't know the, the time frames, but I guess like once you have surgery, which I did not know this, but anytime you have surgery on your body, no matter where your surgery is, or even if you fall off your bike when you're little, every time that you injure yourself, your body creates internal scar tissue. Okay. Um, and it doesn't even have to be at the surgery site. So because when he had the diverticulitis surgery, that, that big surgery that he had, they could not do it laparoscopically. They had to like slice him from belly button down. You know, it was a big scar, but it caused a lot of internal scarring. Well, because of that, he ended up having a bowel obstruction. So one night we're like, eat ice cream on the couch. Seriously, he's like, oh my God, my stomach hurts. I'm like, oh God, no. Like I have PTSD. I'm like, no, no, you know. And um, anyway, come to find out, I guess the scar tissue had closed off his, you know, the small intestine. So we go to the hospital. This is a crazy story, honestly. We go to the hospital and they have put an NG tube in, which if you don't know what that is, it's basically a tube through your nose, down into your stomach. So everything that was in his stomach that he had eaten that could not pass through because of the blockage had to come back up and out through his nose, mm -hmm. okay? He will tell you that was the most miserable awful experience of his entire life. Like he felt horrible. It was just, it was the worst. And he never, ever, ever wanted to go through that again. And what they say is, is that once it happens one time, there's like a 50% chance it could happen again. It's, it could just keep happening. Um, and then we wanted to avoid him having surgery because that's just another opening up. That's more scar tissue. It's just, it's the vicious cycle. The cycle. But so they were giving him a few days with the NG tube and basically they were like, all right, if by tomorrow you, your blockage has not like released or whatever, then, um, we're probably just going to have to do a surgery. And I was like, Oh, hells no. I'm like, this cannot happen. Y'all. I was like freaking out. This could be just whatever, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I went to that hospital that night. I took my frankincense oil. I'm not kidding. And I rubbed him down his whole stomach and his back and we walked like laps around the hospital and the next day he got up and it had unkinked itself and he, we went home oh my gosh so essential, essential oils and exercise <laughs> i mean i don't know i can't you know i mean it, that was the jesus oil right i mean I don't know. <laughs> so i have a special place in my heart for frankincense i don't know if that was what did anything but all i know is that he went home and, and he didn't have to have surgery well that sent me on major research on like, what are we going to do so this will never happen again? Because I saw how miserable he was. And so I ended up finding this place in Gainesville, Florida called Clear Passage. And they actually do manual therapy to um, melt adhesions and scar tissue in your body. So they help a lot of people with like fertility, I guess people with endometriosis, it's like scar tissue. Yes. And it's a no drug no surgery approach to healing your body from scar tissue. And once they melt the scar tissue literally with their hands, just by pressing and holding and their technique that they do, um, it doesn't come back. I mean, it's not like it just comes back. It's gone. So we did a five day intensive. I sent him down there and well, I went well, with, you him. Were with him. Yeah. The two of us. <laughs> and he was in there like, like five hours a day being just hands-on manipulated. And that's when I learned, like you can take things like tennis balls and, you know, the fascia and how important it is to um, break it up and melt it away because your body actually gets like stuck and glued in certain places and it could go wrong in this case, like it did. Um, and then for me personally, real quick, just, you know, I, I've, I've been blessed and super grateful to have pretty, pretty decent health. Um, what I feel like is pretty good, but like here lately I've had, like now that I'm in my forties, um, you know, we all have our issues. I've had more of like the digestive things. I feel like I'm like more dealing with more bloating and things like that. So I have done a lot of research on, um, on just health and wellness around that and optimizing digestion and cellular health. And so a couple of things I've learned and done for myself that I've really enjoyed and has made a difference is, um, I found this bone broth diet, you know, I've learned about how great bone broth is for your body. It's one of the very first foods that man ever, you know, consumed. It's so nourishing for your gut, healing. It's got all the vitamins and minerals. Um, it's got protein, fat, gelatin, collagen for your skin, 
all the good things. So I did this bone broth diet and, and incorporated intermittent fasting, which I never thought in a million years I could ever do because oh, you know, I like to eat. I love to <laughs> eat um, and I'm not a huge snacker. So it wasn't like that was, I didn't feel like I needed to eat all the time. Cause you know, there's that whole other thing we've grown up thinking, oh, well, if your body, if you're not constantly eating every couple hours, then your metabolism is going to slow down. Well, what I've learned is the complete opposite is that your body needs the rest and digest because otherwise it's never going to burn anything except for all the things you're putting in it all day long. And you don't get to the root source. And so what your body does when you fast is it burns um, not the glucose and the sugar that you've been consuming in your food, it burns the fat. And then what it also does is it eats its own cells. It clears the debris from your body. It's called autophagy is the word. And it will actually um, give your body time to heal and, um, and get rid of all the, the damaged cells in your body um, because it is, eats, it, it, autophagy literally means to eat itself or to eat yeah. yourself or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, um, and then hot work, started learning more about the benefits of infrared sauna. I mean, like I said, I'm a lover of learning and right. I just, yeah. I've learned a whole lot over well, just We even looked at the infrared light and heat when our father-in-law got cancer as well. I mean, we, we had already been, you know, and I just remember you finding that as well. And one thing you failed to mention too with Chad is oh, yeah. the, what? Yeah, yoga. yoga. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Chad, I mean, because he is completely, you stopped, but you didn't follow up I know, I with like, what Chad I feel like really I just need done. to hurry up and tell my story. I'm like, I got to hurry up, Holly. But, okay. um, but no, but Chad, he ended up, um, you know, because he, you know, stopped drinking, but he, so he wanted to feel better as well because he, oh, I also forgot about the hip thing. Yeah. He ended up having to have his, his hip replaced um, in addition to all those other things because that had to do with also the liver dysfunction, kind of cut off circulation to his artery, to his hip anyway. So then he was having like some, some pain from obviously a, a new hip, hip surgery, and he found yoga. Now, let me tell you, if y'all thought y'all would never do yoga in a million years, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I definitely thought this boy would never, ever. ever do yoga. And now, what has it been like five years at least I mean, that he does yoga? He has not missed one day in five, five years where he does not do yoga. He has completely transformed his body, his energy, his health his mind, his outlook on life is completely changed. Um, it's been an amazing transformation. So that just like, it's proof that you can literally go from having, ignoring your body completely and just pushing it away and just, you know, making it through the day, making it through the day. Well, I feel okay, whatever, it's fine. To completely healing yourself. And now he is so very in tune with his body. Like he can feel and he knows everything. He knows exactly when something's not right because, um, you know, he knows how important it is not to ignore and how important it is to take care of yourself. But that it's just amazing to see that how his body has completely like healed, healed itself. I mean, well, it brings tears to my eyes just like every time I hear it, like yeah, it's well, really just to see it. it this is the thing it, because I, because I, I met Chad pre, pre all of this. I know Chad now it's complete transformation, complete transformation. Yeah physically, mentally, spiritually, like all the things, Chad is living proof. When you take charge of your own health, what you can do, you right. know? And, and, and so that is what I, I want people to take away from this is listen, no matter where you are on your health journey, it is never too late for you to start righting the wrongs and you start right. taking control of your health and to stop believing that you have to be enslaved to one method of healing. I mean, perhaps there is only one way that somebody knows how to treat you, but it's amazing when you open your mind and your heart to alternative methods of health that you can find things that really do work for you. And it is trial and error. It is trial and error. And you have to look for it. It's not right there available. It's not going to be, you know, like I've said before, the top Google search, That's you right. know, um, you have to be willing to dig and to learn and um, just, just be open to it, like you said, and supplement with it. Like we're not, like you said, we're not saying Western medicine is bad, but like you can, you can do other things in addition to yes. the Western as well. Well, and in our case, you know, with Paul, and I wasn't even going to share this, but he had chronic back issues for about seven years. And I, if you've ever had back issues, then you well know that it is uh, the quality of life can get to, to horrible. And I watched him age exponentially over those years. It was like he went from a young guy to an old man during that time. And I would have to say to him on a regular basis, listen to me, this is not the rest of your life. 
I know in my heart, there's a way out of this. I know in my heart, he had the surgery at Duke. It didn't work. He was lost. And what do I do? He could not sit. He could not stand. He could not lay. He couldn't do anything for a very, very long time. And it was yoga. Yoga was a huge part of what changed his life. And today, Paul can do anything he wants. And it is a lot of, because he decided, he tried the Western medicine. It didn't work for him. He, he read a book that talked about mind over matter. That was huge. He did yoga and he started um, doing an ablation therapy that a naturopath recommended that would tell that nerve to calm down so that he could get enough relief from the pain to kind of almost get his mind out of it. Because when you're in chronic pain, all you think about is how bad you feel. Right. Well, the more you think about how bad you feel, the worse you feel. Yeah, right? yeah. It's a it's cycle. It's a cycle, right? Yeah. And as for me, and I'll just say this quickly because we're going to wrap this up and we're going to actually do a part two where we're going to talk about a little more in depth of some, we're going to point you to some things that you can look at for yourself. We're not going to tell you how to treat anything because we don't know. Okay. But what we want to challenge everyone to do is to know that you're not alone. All three of us have a story. All three of us know that if you are dealing with some kind of chronic health issue and you feel lost and you feel like no one's listening, keep going. I just had dinner the other night and uh, at a restaurant that's one of our favorites, Cowfish in Raleigh. And, um, there's, I ran, we ran into a friend there who was telling us that his wife, um, has been very, very ill with neurological issues that no one could diagnose. She had seen 28 doctors, wow. none of whom could figure out what was wrong with her. Some of which told her it was basically in her head. She finally found a doctor in Chapel Hill who is more of a naturopath who instantly said, we need to test you for mold. They tested her house, which was new by the way, and tested her and she had exorbitant levels in her bloodstream and in their house, they immediately had to move the entire family out, strip wow. the house down. There was a faulty something going on um, oh in God. their AC and their air conditioning system. So uh, crazy story you guys, but here's the thing. What if she had stopped at Dr. 12? Dr. Right. 15, Dr. 20, they kept going because it was, it was life or death. It was life or death. They're still not sure how to detox her completely. That's a story for another day. But, but guys, here's the thing. She's, she's at least knows what she's dealing with and they can start trying to help her. But, but, but here's the thing you're going to have to be, you're going to have to be your own advocate. And I learned that at 23 years old, exactly. when I was pregnant with my firstborn and I started having contractions, but I was in an extreme amount of pain and a kind of pain that I knew it wasn't labor. And I went to the hospital and was turned away three times. I went to the doctor's office to two different hospitals. I was turned away saying I was young, probably just in early labor and just couldn't handle the pain. And it was totally discounted. I was in such bad pain by night three that my husband takes me into an emergency room in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. and says, I have a gun. I don't think he'd get away with this today. Um, and he didn't, he didn't really have a gun, but he said it. He said, I have a gun. And if you don't figure out what's wrong with my wife, I'm going to use it. Oh, my oh, God. Paul, not, I cannot dang, say Paul. that. I can't, you can't even imagine, Paul. This is, this is when Paul, 23 years old, or he's 24, he was like, I, I don't know what else to do. No one's listening. And y'all couldn't even stand up. I had to be carried. I would shake from pain. It was so bad. I ended up having blood clots from the back of my knee in the deep vein, deep vein thrombosis from the back of my knee all the way up into my abdomen. They, it was so far up they couldn't see because the baby was blocking it. By 6 a.m., after, again, three to four visits to the doctor's office, all the doctors but one in my practice were in my room by 9 a.m. And they looked like they were looking at death warmed over. I've never seen a look like that. They were terrified. They had messed up. Nobody was listening to me. Yeah. And that was, that, that was a great thing to learn at 23. Don't just mm -hmm. blindly trust them to tell you what's wrong with you. You've got to participate in that diagnosis and in that health. You've got to be, you've got to get active in it. And mm -hmm. um, that was where I learned. And I started pushing back. The first thing they did with those, they put me on breathing. Um, it's a drug that is an asthma drug that was supposed to stop the contractions because they didn't want Anderson coming. They didn't want him because I was at 36 weeks. So not only was he going to be premature, the, doc, the hospital I was at was not equipped to handle premature babies because it was a local hospital here in Cary. And they didn't want me going into labor with blood clots sitting in my deep vein that could pass any minute and kill me. Okay. So they put me on breathing immediately. My resting heart rate is about 40, 48 beats per minute. It went to 120. I look over at the screen and I said, well, why is my heart beating like that? I'm terrified at this point. They said, oh, it's a side effect of the breathing. 
in 2008, maybe, and I'll, I'll, I'll put the reference up, breathing was pulled from being used for more than 72 hours on pregnant women because women were dying of heart attacks. Wow. Okay. When, now I had a gut feeling when they put me on it, like, I don't, I don't want to be on this drug. Something like it did not feel right. It did not feel right. Everything in me was screaming, don't do it to where all I could do was resort to praying. And I, that's what we did. I was covered in prayer by a lot of people. And I was like, God, just get me and Anderson through this. Just like get this baby here, get, let me be okay to raise it. When I turned, when he turned 18, I just thank God because that had been my prayer for 18 years. Just let me raise this child because I had gone through such a traumatic experience. So you know what's crazy? Then, yeah, yeah, sorry. I was just gonna say, you know, what's crazy. Yeah. People um, question you more for not wanting medicine than for just taking whatever they want to give yeah. you. Like, especially in labor, I didn't yeah. have drugs. I, I didn't have pain medicine and they were, they, it's like, they gave me a hard time for not wanting it. Yes. No. And you're like, why, why can't I say no to a drug? I mean, and I get that they didn't want me to, I, 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 well, I didn't need it. Like you needed something obviously with the clock. Sure. So, yes. So just I mean, clear. And I don't think obviously breathing no, but <laughs> well, I mean, I would have asked for a different drug had I known, like, I would have been like, is there some other way to stop this? In, in any case, um, when I went into labor, uh, Anderson's heart rate dropped. There were no, nothing about getting this kid here was easy. And in that process, the, the, my OBGYN stands at the foot of my bed and he, he literally says, I'm too old for this. Mm. He oh couldn't decide what to do. He was like, if I, if I give you a C-section, you have a risk of bleeding to death because you're on blood thinner. He is in distress. We've got to get him out. Y'all, I, I swear I swear to you, this is what happened. I looked at him and said, well, I have needed to push for 30 minutes and your nurse keeps telling me not to. Oh my he God. said he was Jamaican. He was just, oh my gosh. He was an, I really did like him. He goes, you can push. <laughs> I said, I can push. He goes, then push, you know, and, he's, <laughs> and he gets the suction thing. Three pushes. Anderson's out. Now they'd been telling me I wasn't quite dilated fully, but he literally just said, push then I needed to, I felt the need to push, oh, but, yeah. you know, and I was like, so we pushed three pushes. Anderson's out. He was blue. He was sent immediately to the ICU. He whimpered, didn't even cry. Um, but this is because I said, I can do this. It was right. me having to just tap into that God-given natural strength that God gives a mother yes. and just say, I got, we're going to get him out. We're going to do what we need to do. I can't imagine if I hadn't had that in me, you know? And, but in any case, um, a couple of, so then I go on to have another child. That's another story for another day. But, um, I ended up having something going on with my tooth needed a root canal so crazy. It was in an extreme amount of pain. It took a lot of Advil. About six, I remember laying there getting that root canal and feeling a weird feeling in my chest. Months later, what I'd gone to know is I had gastritis. Gastritis is a side effect of taking uh, painkillers like, like ibuprofen, like Advil. The doctors never asked me if I'd been taking anything. They literally just did scans, said, you have gastritis. By the way, you have H. pylori, which is a bacteria in your stomach. We're going to treat that because it's a carcinogen. Guess what they treat it with, Kristen? They treat it with antibiotics. They treat or it with antibiotics and they treat it with Pepto-Bismol because it tears your stomach up so bad. My stomach was already irritated, so let's just give her some antibiotics. <laughs> it's so bonkers, right? I'm now allergic to penicillin because that tricked my, I mean, sorry, not penicillin, Pepto-Bismol, because that tricked my body into saying, oh, you, we want to fight this. I mean, it's so bonkers what happened. I look back and I now realize it was the Advil that created all of this. I'm not anti-Advil. I'm yeah. saying to you, don't ever take it without food. Like it is like, and don't try not to take too much of it. Um, but that is what started what went on to become years of a horrible quality of life to the point that my doctor did say to me, my gastroenterologist said, you have the quality of life of a terminal cancer patient or oh. terminal heart patient. I, I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat right. I could they basically wanted to leave me on um, proton pump inhibitors for the rest of my life. And I said, then again, gut feeling, I don't think that's good. You're turning off my hydrochloric acid in my stomach. And that's like really important for autoimmune disease, right? Like to, that's my autoimmune system. I need to fight everything there. Like that's one of the first lines of defense. And she said, yeah, but it just, you might not have a choice. Oh, wait a minute. I forgot to say I was on the proton pump inhibitor too, just to add all of my oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. All the, the stuff. 
to that. The jacks, your yes. crap up. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So if you're on a proton pump inhibitor, that's like Nexium, any of these, don't stay on them because guess what happened in, let's see, 2008, I believe is when I was diagnosed. I think it was 2011 or 13 when it came out that there's a 25% increased risk of death from a myriad of causes for staying on proton pump inhibitors. Y'all, and people, and I know people who are on daily yeah. doses of Nexium to visit, well, I don't have heartburn, but you don't know what you're doing to your gut. And I'm not a doctor, I'm not a doctor, but I've seen enough now to be convinced that you need to be careful with this. And the long and short of it is this, I got on probiotics, I stopped drinking caffeine, I stopped drinking alcohol. I mean, for a full year, I um, had a very bland diet, but guess what? I'm on no medications today. I live a very normal life. I even had stuff where my ears would close up, my ears, my throat would close up. I felt like I was choking all the time. If you have these digestive issues, I'm just here to tell you, a, pro, a PPI may have a place for a couple of weeks to just let your body calm down, but you might have to do the hard work to get to your healing. And we can pop pills all day long and we might can get some relief, but we have to all be really careful. And I'm saying this just as a patient, not as a doctor. I think we've learned enough, the three of us to know, it be your own advocate and, and you can do better. There are things that you possibly can do that just changing your lifestyle that can change your life. And with that, we're going to wrap this up and we're going to do a little addendum to this episode. We've got a few more things we want to tell you, but make sure you check out our next episode. We'd love to hear what are you learning on your health journey? What resources, podcasts, publications? We want to hear from you guys. Okay. So yeah. We'll catch you on the next one. We'll finish this up. But we, again, we want to hear from you. What are you learning on your own health journeys and where are you finding it? All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thank we'll see you, you later. Bye.